Good afternoon, I'm Tom Robinson with KSOM, KS95 News. A Shenandoah man was killed in a single vehicle crash in Page County. The Page County Sheriff's Office says dispatch was notified of a vehicle found in a ditch on the west side of E Avenue in the 2000 block at approximately 3.54 p.m. on Monday. An accident investigation conducted by the Page County Sheriff's Office showed that 25-year-old Levi Gary Glynch Racine of Shenandoah was operating a 2006 Chevy K1500 northbound on E Avenue, approximately 0.6 tenths of a mile north of Highway 2. Glynch Racine crossed the center line and continued into the West Ditch. The vehicle then struck the concrete culvert north bank of the creek. Glynch Racine was ejected from the vehicle, and the vehicle then fell back to the bottom of the creek. He was pronounced deceased at the scene. PageCom Dispatch Center, Page County EMA, Shenandoah Fire Department, Shenandoah Ambulance Service, and the Shenandoah Police assisted at the scene of the accident. The Montgomery County Sheriff's deputies arrested 45-year-old Jessica Craddock of Grizzled in the 2300 block of Highway 71 on Tuesday. Deputies transported Craddock to the Montgomery County Jail on a Benton County warrant for operating a vehicle without the owner's consent. Craddock's bond was set at $2,000. Well, the process for visiting someone inside the jail could be changing in Audubon County. Bennett Blake has the story. A discussion item at the Audubon County Board of Supervisors meeting on Tuesday centered around a new video kiosk. What it'll do is allow uh, visitors who are visiting people in the jail to visit via video screen, um, where now they have to visit through a, a portal where they can see into the jail. Um, this could potentially give uh, a little bit more privacy to those uh, any others that are in the jail that are not part of that visitation. Supervisors Chairman Doug Sorensen believes they've pinpointed a location for it. We discussed it. We didn't take action on it. We actually talked about it a little bit uh, after the meeting and walked around a little bit. And I think we maybe found a position for that uh, in a in a kind of a, a little used hallway down in the basement. So. Uh, we'll probably be doing more on that later. Sorensen says the county can get the video kiosk for nothing from the company that will be installing the new phone system at the courthouse. I'm Bennett Blake reporting. And the Derek Casey School Board passed a resolution on Tuesday morning to consider renewing the school's instructional support levy. School Superintendent Josh Rasmussen says this would be a five-year participation, and the school board set the public hearing for the next school board meeting. I'm really looking to just uh, replace what we currently have. We're not going to make uh, any changes, but um, that'll be for five years, and um, we'll go ahead and, and discuss that at our next board meeting. Rasmussen says the renewal replaces what the school already has and will not affect property taxpayers. The program provides additional funding for school districts. It is funded by state money, property tax, or a combination of property tax and income surtax. Instructional support levies approved through a school board resolution are suitable for five years, while levies passed by district voters through a ballot measure are suitable for 10 years. On Tuesday, the Montgomery County Board of Supervisors reviewed the procedures in the handbook for inclement weather events. Supervisor Chairman Mike Olson says many county boards are currently discussing this issue. I think our handbook states that the courthouse will not close, but it's up to each department head, or the courthouse and other buildings will not close, but it's up to each department head to handle their certain area themselves. The major events are a no-brainer on releasing non-essential employees. You know, if it's a catastrophic bomb cyclone comes through, uh, yeah. Duration. Your duration or, you know, tornado or 
a, a, a huge snowstorm or ice storm where power's out all throughout the community. Uh, yeah, people can't get around. That's that's that would be a different deal. But for the run of the mill, like the 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 snow that we or the rain, snow, sleet that we got, um, and that's where it comes back to the boards discretion on whether we close. Montgomery County Auditor Jill Ozuna says the other question is what departments are essential during a storm? And I think it's common knowledge that essential is secondary roads and sheriff and Dan. The supervisor agreed to no changes and the policy will stay as written in the handbook. The chair will ultimately make closing decisions based on weather updates. Republican Party of Iowa Chairman Jeff Coppin released the following statement in response to Governor Reynolds' signing of her landmark school choice bill, House File 68. He said, quote, when Governor Reynolds and the Iowa Republicans campaigned on Parents Matter, it wasn't just a slogan. Reynolds and State House Republicans put parents and students first when they kept our schools open despite the hysteria, and they're putting parents and students first yet again with their historic school choice bill. He also said the leadership of Reynolds and State House Republicans is cementing Iowa's estate upon a hill for families to thrive and for students to achieve their potential. Well, District 18, Representative Tom Moore from Griswold was one of nine Republicans voting against Governor Reynolds' school choice bill on Monday. In an interview with KSOM KS95 News, Moore says he's never favored the bill. This is something that I've been against uh, from its inception. Uh, this is the third year it's come around for, for a vote from us, and, and uh, I have been opposed to it for numerous reasons. And the educational savings account allows parents to receive nearly $7,600 annually if they enroll their children in a private school. I have apprehensions about uh, the effects on both the public school and the private school. My main uh, point of contention is, is that being a fiscal conservative, I don't see that this expenditures of new monies going to a minimal number of people is fiscally a conservative and responsible way to spend our money. Moore says the state will spend $100 million on very few eligible private school students in the first year. He says the effects this will have on the public schools remain to be seen. Moore says in respect to private schools, he questions whether they can continue their freedom from external control because they're receiving public money. That being said, in the bill, it does state that the autonomy will not be messed with by the state government. Being in government for seven going on eight years now, I know that uh, there's a lot of question marks when that happens and, and who knows what future legislature is going to impose of, as far as rules, restrictions, and other things on the private school and I didn't want that to happen. And Morris says another reason he voted against the measure is his constituents in District 18. They had heavy opposition to the bill. It was probably running 70 to 80 percent opposed. In a statement released on Tuesday, Governor Reynolds says for the first time the state will fund students instead of a system, a decisive step in ensuring that every child in Iowa can receive the best education possible. Now, during the 2023-2024 school year, Private school students with household incomes at or below 300% of the federal poverty level, currently $83,250 for a family of four, are eligible. In 2024-25 school year, private school eligibility expands to include families with household incomes at or below 400%. 
currently $111,000 for a family of four. That eligibility is there. And beginning in the 2025-26 school year, all K-12 students in Iowa are eligible regardless of family income. Well, the Pottawatomie County Conservation Foundation presented a check for $125,000 to the Pottawatomie County Board of Supervisors at Tuesday's January 17th board meeting. Mark Shoemaker, Executive Director of Pottawatomie County Conservation, says this project goes back a few years working with adjacent landowners by the Hitchcock Nature Center interested in selling or donating land to grow the Hitchcock Nature Center. And one of the groups that we work with quite a bit is the Pottawatomie Conservation Foundation. It's a volunteer group. Um, They do fundraising, collect donations, and they use this for Pottawatomie conservation programs and activities. Shoemaker says they approached the foundation to use some of their funds to help acquire the 93 acres next to the Nature Center. And the Board of Supervisors approved the purchase in November with the agreement the Pottawatomie County Conservation Foundation would commit 125000 of its cash reserves towards the approximate $1.1 million investment. Meanwhile, Doris Ferguson, the previous landowner, had expressed interest in selling to the county when she could no, lo- no longer take care of the property. Um, she passed away. Um, it went into the Doris uh, Ferguson estate, and her son, Mark Ferguson, continued with her legacy of wanting to to sell this and get this to Pottawatomie County and have it become part of Hitchcock. So we're very grateful to the family. And he says the land will be used as native habitat. Um, and it's just going to become part of Hitchcock as a, as a natural area. We will develop some trails within that parcel. And uh, it, it's just a great asset to, to add to um, Pottawatomie County Conservation, Hitchcock, and for the people of of the region. Now, prior to approaching the Board of Supervisors for Assistance, Pottawatomie County Conservation drafted a funding strategy to pay back land acquisition funds used by the Board for the acquisition. The strategy identified several partners, grants, and internal funds to replenish the land fund for Pottawatomie County. Shoemaker says he hopes to repay those funds over the next nine months. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.